This episode was recorded on December 31st, 2020. All right, everybody. Welcome to the comic panel. I'm Cody. I'm Taylong. I'm Jacob. And I'm Shawenta. talking about Doom Patrol uh, by Grant Morrison. We read the first four issues, Crawling from the Wreckage. Um, We also had, let's see here, I've got the art, the artist, too. Um, We've got art by Richard Case, John Nyberg, Doug Braithwaite, Scott Hanna, and Carlos Garzon, and then colorist Daniel Bozo, and Michael Wolfman, and John Workman is the letterer. Um, yeah, so, and uh, I, I picked uh, Doom Patrol um, for this episode, mostly because um, I was, uh, basically I, I finished the HBO Max er, er, season one, and so it reminded me that I really liked this book. And so I decided to, um, I decided to choose it. Um, so, what was everybody else's thoughts? Um, real quick, Taylon, you got anything? Yeah, I was, uh, after reading it, Mm-hmm. Just like out of my mind melted. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess um, that's kind of like the way that I was the first time I read it too. And I just like, I think that it's like really just a lot of, um, just a lot of weird that I really enjoy. Like this is the kind of weird that I like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, basically... Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was any... definitely weird. There was a lot uh it falls into the kind of weird, and because it's Grant Morrison, I think I've got to feel about this way about it a little more than I normally would. It feels like it's a like a weird kind of like occult thing with like a lot of what they're talking about. Because I know like, and we'll get into it later, but there's, like, a concept in occultism of, like, holding two different concepts in your mind, and they are both, like, as true as each other, even though they should cancel each other out. So, like, the whole, especially this arc, feels like a really big, like, occult, like, nod. And then, like, later he talks about, like, Jack the Ripper and his, like, and some of his victims, and that's another big occult nod. It's kind of wild. I missed uh, the Jack the Ripper reference. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I think it's in one of the later. I didn't get like the like the whole volume. I just picked up like the one that's got like the first two arcs, so like nineteen to twenty-two, uh, which is Crawl from the Wreckage, and then the next one after that is the one where he talks about Jack the Ripper. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's like the Red King or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like a whole big like occult thing. I'm like hundred percent sure about that. <laughs> okay. Cool. 
Any sure what I mean, this is my first introduction to these characters, and I've been actually interested in watching the television show. Because, I mean, it looks... It's not the right word, but quirky enough. It's, like, different enough that it's interesting sounding to me. Doom Patrol or whatever. But, yeah, I really like the characters, but the threat they face, I feel like, is vague in a way that I don't tend to like, because I don't feel like the stakes are really that clear. Like... You know, the constant, like, we'll, we'll get into it, but, like, new power is here, new power is there. Like, we'll just deal with it because something will come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can really feel that because... But, yeah, I like the characters enough Yeah, I, I was just that gonna I could, like, say... read more of it, for sure. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to say, basically, that um, I, I found myself, like, I really was liking the build-up in this story, and then, like as it got more and more to, like, the action sequences and the climax, I was just like, nah. I mean, like, I, I like the high-concept, like, philosophical kind of, like, you know, like we've been saying, we'll get into it, and, and we really will, but, um, you know, just all of that stuff is, like, really interesting to me, but at the same time, yeah, it's a little bit too vague <laughs> to be, like, really compelling. Uh, before we get too much into it, uh, the song that was played I... at the beginning of this was uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, for, based off of that, uh, For the World by Nerd Out, a YouTube channel that does music about certain like geek or nerd subjects. From off the top, they you know they have songs for Assassin's Creed, uh, The Mandalorian. We did. We sh- we showed some uh, songs by them in the past about Spider-Man. Whether that was cool. So issue number nineteen. Um, this is the start of a new arc, and with Grant Morrison writing, and it was called "Crawling from the Wreckage." Um, and basically, this has all started. Out of like basically the original Doom Patrol is either dead except for one of them is in a coma, mm-hmm. and uh, Cliff Steele, Robot Man, is has checked himself into a um, what do we mental call it? Institution. A mental institution, yes, a mental hospital. Um, so that that's where we pick up, and so I wanted to just like talk about some of the characters that we're going to be or that we met in this story. So, uh, like I just said, Cliff Steele, Robot Man, is what his name is, um, or his superhero name, I guess. Uh, But most people call him Cliff, I feel like. He is a golden robot with um, a human brain. And so, you know, for all intents and purposes, he is human, he just doesn't have a human body. Describes Mm -hmm. himself as a um, full amputee. (laughs) And then, um, so we have Larry Trainer in the negative spirit, and eventually Rebus, but we will get to who Rebus is in so, a little bit. So you're saying that Larry Trainer was not in the original Doom Patrol? Um, well, that's, I think, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll have to get back to you on that one. Um, 
But kind of. I think he was the negative man, but I don't think that he necessarily was on the original Doom Patrol. Um, but yeah, we've got... Um, so, like I was just saying, though, Larry Trainer was the negative man, and he has this negative spirit that, like, flies out of his body, and, you know, that's really the, the super-powered one, so to speak. And then uh, Jane, Crazy Jane... Um, she is a woman with uh with multiple personalities. Um is it like sixty-seven of them? No, sixty-four. Sixty-four. Yeah. And uh I guess the, the proper term in today's words would be dissociative identity disorder. And and granted, you know, like lots of portrayals in media of dissociative identity disorder, it's not how the disorder really is, but uh, suffice it to say, it is, you know, that is what they're trying to display in this book. Um, and she, because of a gene bomb, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that's what, there are like two things that they keep mentioning in the book, which I, I feel like maybe if you had read the previous issues we might know about. It's the gene bomb and whatever happened to the original Doom Patrol, which like, I don't know about and they didn't tell us right so yeah i was kind of hoping somebody else would have come in with that information <laughs> no so um i i kind of have a little bit of information on that uh basically it was i think it was a prior like dc event i don't remember which one it was but they refer to it as an invasion so i think it was an alien invasion it's definitely not Crisis on Infinite Earths, because this is a book from 1989, and um, Crisis on Infinite Earths happened in 1980. Um, mm. It's some sort of invasion, and it resulted in a, a gene bomb blowing up, creating more super-powered people. Mm. Um, mm. Don't really know exactly which story that is, but yeah, it, it was a crossover I, event, I, I believe. I was going to say, like, I was going to say, like, it had those little things keep coming up, and I didn't really know what they were, and it was used as, like, an explanation for certain, like, people being the way they are. But I also kind of appreciated the fact that every issue didn't have, like, a three-page recap of, like, stuff that happened in the last <laughs> issue, just, like, padding for time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true, you know, and I didn't really think about that. Um, I also didn't really think about the fact that usually, like, you know, even if there isn't, like, an explainer of what happened, usually it'll be all, like, read, you know, blah, 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 these last issues to figure out what happened, you know, and it didn't do that. So was, that's kind of interesting, too. Yeah, when when I came across those, I, I, I found it just easy to be like, okay, yeah, that, that's something that happened. All right, moving <laughs> on. Like, that's something we all know. Gotcha. I mean, that's how normal people talk, right? They don't just be like, don't you remember that time that thing happened where we were both there? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, so something interesting, too, about Cliff was that, like, there's a whole part where he's, um, he's so he's in the mental institution, and he's confronted by a guy named Will Magnus, and Will Magnus was the creator of the Metal Men, a different superhero team in DC. Mm -hmm. um, 
which like you know there was basically there was gold man silver man platinum man mercury man platinum girl you know they were all they're all metal robots you know <laughs> um and but like i looked it up and i could not actually find like on the wikipedia pages like the crossover like i mean i would assume that cliff is supposed to be gold man but also mm. like it never like both on on robot man's um wikipedia page it doesn't talk about that and on the metal man wikipedia page it doesn't talk about him so i'm like <laughs> this is like a big in- inconsistency <laughs> they never notice i don't know i I think Magnus just had, like, another body laying around. Because I think, like, one of the reveals that they make in, the, like, the Metal Man series is that, like, they're supposed to be, like, automatons, robots with, like, AI. But I think part of the reveal is that they might have been people before they were Metal Men. And so, like, he's just, like, capturing them in, like, robot bodies. I see. Okay, so not just Cliff then, but all of them. Interesting. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was just extra weird though because like you know because I, I assumed that he would be Goldman, you know, and then it was all like Goldman has the power to stretch his limbs out, and I was like, <laughs> that's never something I've seen him do. <laughs> yeah, so um, just like a quick, uh, I guess, description of the gene bomb. Mm-hmm. So, the gene bomb was a device created by a renegade dominator scientist um, of low caste, apparently. Uh, Should have known it was the dominators. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> uh, and so, um, they were yeah used it to they attempted to negate the the effects of the metagene to get rid of metahuman powers, active and dormant. But, uh, mm. so what happened... They didn't do a very good job. No, no, no. <laughs> so, basically, so the gene bomb was detonated, and uh, metahumans lost control of their powers. So it, it, it didn't, like, get rid of them, they just couldn't control them anymore. Mm. And then they fell into comas, which I'm going to assume is Ray, Rhea, yeah, might have been one of those mm-hmm. metahumans. And Scott Fisher of the Doom Patrol was the only one to die from it. Hmm. But that was due to uh, him having leukemia. And then um, Negative Woman and Tempest permanently lost their powers. So I'm not sure who those, any of those are. Hmm. I wonder if Negative Woman is related to Larry Trainer in some way, because he's mm-hmm. been referred to as Negative Man. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And then it says the gene bomb had the side effect of jump-starting late, latent metagenes within a small number of humans across the world, including Max Lord. Hmm. And then, oh, and it resurrected Metamorpho. Okay. So, yeah. huh. That's pretty neat. It seems like their plan to get rid of metahumans only resulted in there being more metahumans. Yeah. Yeah, pretty precisely. Man, you know, like, obviously, like, this story was designed just to be, like, a simple, like, plot device to, like, you know, bring in more metahumans, you know? But, like, what was that story, Jake, that was, like, the one that was, like, saying that the government was creating metahumans in the DC universe? (laughs) 
Oh, that is um. Uh, it's the Doomsday Clock. Dooms okay, that's, is, that's, it's that's, like that's, an that alternate. Doomsday Clock. That's right. Yeah, I really would have brought that story in. Just <laughs> been like the government created the gene bomb. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it could have based on like its result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, though, um, back to the main story, not the side stories. This mm -hmm. always happens when we read superhero comics. <laughs> like ten things spill mm -hmm. out. Um, so, oh yeah, also, before we move on from Will Magnus, though, I liked how his art was, like, super, like, stylized to, like, a golden age kind of era, I felt like. Like, everybody else looked, like, you know, different from him to me. Mm. I don't know if, if anybody else knows. Yeah, he that. really stood out. Yeah. <laughs> I also like, just like him smoking his pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Consoling Cliff. <laughs> Yeah, and I like just the division between them. Like, like you almost think that maybe Cliff doesn't remember him, and then he's like, you know, like, how could I forget that condescending voice? <laughs> it's just like, oh. But I mean, really. Also... It's literally, he looks so pompous with his little mm -hmm. pipe. And like, and like you were saying, the different art style. I like noticed that I liked his art style more, but I didn't realize the difference, really. I couldn't tell why. But yeah, he really stands out. Yeah, it, it reminded me of, like, basically, like, either Jack Kirby or Steve Ditko, you know, just, like, really classic and not, not a lot of, like, fine detail, just kind of, like, you know, I mean, it's still good, but it's, like, a little bit less on, in certain <laughs> ways. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to say that Jack Kirby or Steve Ditko is less than, like, other artists, because obviously that's false, but just, like... Blasphemous, even. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the way that they add detail versus other artists decide to add detail um, are different. Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt like. Um, so, yeah. Um, so we went through Robot Man, uh, Crazy Jane, and uh, Larry Trainer, mm -hmm. Will Magnus. Uh, so, I guess what's left is uh, Niles Calder. Oh, yeah. So, Niles Calder, also known as The Chief, mm -hmm. he is... Um, in a wheelchair, um, and he um, is basically the leader of the Doom Patrol. He kind of groups them together and, like, sends them on missions and stuff. And he doesn't have any powers. He's, like, kind of smart, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely, like, a less charismatic Charles Xavier. <laughs> but I guess he also has a gun in, like, a super-powered wheelchair? Mm, yeah. Because, like, it blows down a door, and then he just, like, pulls out a gun and shoots a guy. So. Yeah. I do yeah, like how I'll you described there. him as Charles Xavier, but with a gun. Yeah, and also, Jake, that actually brings up a good point that I wanted to mention, is that there's actually been a long-disputed uh, question of whether uh, the X-Men stole the layout of the Doom Patrol, or the Doom Patrol stole the layout of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I can, I can see where it comes from, but, like, once you get past Charles Xavier, like, the Charles Xavier and the Chief, like, comparison, all the other, like, individual characters, like, especially, like, in the original lineup of the X-Men and to the original lineup of Doom Patrol, like, it's incredibly different. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And, like, you know, of course, they, they also continue to 
like, you know, carve out their differences as they went on, too, because it's like, you know, I think later on, X-Men got into some more weird territory, but I feel like Doom Patrol has always been, like, tackling the weird, you know? Where it's like... Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. And I think there's a difference in, um, like... I think it's always interesting, like, how characters get their powers. And so, like, some, in, for Doom Patrol, something has affected these people, like, to get their powers. They haven't, like, been, as in opposed to, like, X-Men's case, they are predisposed to have their powers because of the X-Gene. I guess they, like, there's also the meta-gene, but also, like, I don't think Cliff Steele had the meta-gene when he became Robot Man. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think. Is there uh, a point when they like talk about the hero gene? The, the meta gene. The hero gene. I I'm not I'm not recalling. Um, oh yeah, I think that's oh, just oh, like hero oh, gene and like meta gene are like being used interchangeably. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I found that a really interesting way of calling it that, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, it's an interesting name. Yeah. There was one. Choice. There was one point where somebody uh, referred to Cliff as having the hero gene or something in him, and I thought mm-hmm. that it was they were just being like coy, you know, not not like literally meaning that he had like a special gene, but they were all like, "Yeah, you're still a hero. It's still in you," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it is very unclear because it's all like, wait in this world of superheroes that have like superpowers because of genetics like what do you mean i i took it to mean like oh he's heroic Mm -hmm. right yeah in in that specific instance that i'm talking about yeah that's what i think i i um thought too but yeah it was was still very confusing it's like hmm, i feel like that that particular metaphor would be uh out of use at this point Mm -hmm. in that world um didn't didn't they say crazy jane had yeah yeah she she has the gene it was Mm. it was probably dormant and then it got activated by the bomb Mm. yeah um yeah and i guess we could talk a little bit more about jane too so her real name is Kay chalice and i hadn't realized how much about her was revealed in like the first issue (laughs) i thought a lot of it was like a little bit more mysterious and then like they threw it out throughout the series and I was like wow I just forgot a bunch of this these details and then they were re-revealed to me as I read the story (laughs) um but yeah like basically like we've said she has 64 different personalities and they each have a different superpower attributed to them so like I mean I think there's I'm trying to think of all the ones I can think of so there's Flick who can teleport Flint. Or Flint, sorry, Flint. Um, there's Hammerhead, who I think is just really strong. Uh, Black Anise, who, like, her body, like, physically changes and becomes, like, you know, like this demon-looking thing with, like, sharp claws. Um, one of them, I, I can't remember what the name is, but, like, she in the, in the final issue, she, like, gets super tall and becomes a sun. That Spin, can... Spinning Jane, I think. Spinning Jane? Or Spinning Jenny. Some of that. Something like that, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So yeah, she can shoot yeah. fireballs. Spinning Jenny. So yeah, she's you know, and there's surely ones that we. I I'm pretty sure like you know they do not all get categorized in the story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like we see one, and like the only thing that like that personality does like on panel is just like have a panic attack, and then like another personality takes over and says, "Oh, that's that one." <laughs> all she does is have a panic attack all the time. Yeah. It's like that, that doesn't really seem like a power. It's like that's like. Because, like, let's say Crazy Jane didn't get abused and caused her to be disassociated. I don't think that her that she could support that many different powers. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's supposed to be, like, you know, what Grant Morrison is calling upon, even, is, like, so I obviously don't have, like, any scientific papers to, like, back myself up, but I've heard of this uh, phenomenon where people with dissociative identity disorder have you know one of their um their personalities is sick with an ailment you know and it will only present when they are displaying that personality the ailment will go away when they switch personalities so it is true if she didn't um if she didn't have that trauma and she didn't have that many personalities the gene bomb, or, you know, theoretically, she would only get one. She would get the K-Chalice power, whatever that is. <laughs> mm. I've also heard it to where... I mean, literally, there's the one part... Would have there's glasses. literally... <laughs> Sorry, she went there. There's literally the one part where um, she corrects Cliff and says that, no, they're not personalities, they're different people. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah, actually I'll, I'll talk more about that cause I'm not, I'm not there yet, but yeah, I thought that that was really interesting too. Um, oh yeah. Also I thought it was really interesting in the first issue. Like, so, I mean, of course the, the title is called wrecking or crawling from the wreckage. And so like Cliff is having a dream where he's like crawling away from his, his car accident. And he's like holding his brain and he, you know what does he say i saved the beautiful bit and then um at the end there's a guy on fire and he's crawling from a car accident so, mm -hmm. you know and it's like the scissor men which is like the the next big threat mm -hmm. next issue so i just liked that kind of symmetry you know mm -hmm. it's cool we also have uh, joshua clay which is probably with the original doom patrol Kind of. I don't mm -hmm. think that he was part of the original, but um, mm -hmm. he's definitely, he was a superhero, and then he kind of makes the choice that he doesn't want to be anymore. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know what's interesting is that, like, so Joshua Clay, I was like, now that name sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure he was in the original Doom Patrol. Uh, and he was, but he is not the same character. Like, like, he's, like, the innkeeper of the original Doom Patrol. Oh, in, in the, the show. In the show, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that, too, when I, when I watched the TV show. I was like, oh, that's how they're doing this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to have him, like, be around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess he was he was part of the Doom Patrol um, originally. I thought maybe not. And yeah, his he was known as Tempest when he was a superhero. Oh, oh wait, hey, okay, okay, okay. Uh, that's interesting. Other metahumans and 
including the okay so tempest was the one who permanently lost their powers in the gene bomb incident oh well that's, oh, that's interesting <laughs> especially because yeah. robot man in one of the issues like you still have your powers and then mm. he blasts <laughs> yeah okay that's an inconsistency with wikipedia then <laughs> or, or whatever wiki you're on mm. um yeah but anyway, so yeah, he's basically, though, his deal is that he just kind of wants, like, he doesn't really know what he wants to do. He doesn't want to stay with the Doom Patrol necessarily, like, or he doesn't want to stay with being a superhero, but he doesn't know where else to go. He doesn't mm-hmm. feel like there's a place in society for him, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of like, you know, you at least you look like a normal, like, person. Like, Cliff, right. like, really can't integrate into <laughs> society very easily. Well, he does it in the Doom Patrol so easily, the TV show. He just walks into a birthday party. That's true. He does. <laughs> <laughs> it is really as easy as just trying, apparently. But <laughs> um, so, oh yeah. Also, one one more thing from the first issue of the story before we move on to the next issue is that it seems like um, both um, Cliff and Jane are. Um, Starting, like, basically, I guess this is also the the beginning of the next issue. They are developing a friendship that is helping both of them with their mental issues to a degree. And and I will say, um, this, this is, like, more clear as the more you read about Jane. But to me, Jane, it's either that she seems less out of... She's either less crazy in the book than in the show or she's less rude in the book than in the show yeah i don't know which one it is so yeah that's kind of uh, something i noticed too um difference between the show and the the book is that like i would say that it's more of her personalities have a tendency to err on the side of aggression in the show like, you know, she's just very aggressive in a lot of her personalities that she displays. Well, this one is a little bit more, like, bad more often, it seems like. A little bit more downplayed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, issue number 20. But before, oh, but before we go on to the next issue, issue one ends with uh, some guy holding a book uh, a skeleton dude and uh two detectives are like all right we're gonna call uh our boss and that boss is going to call the president and the president is going to call miles calder <laughs> which i thought was interesting because i was like uh huh uh the niles that's an interesting choice yeah it's kind of it's starting it's setting up the idea that there are people in this world that have more power in the united states than the president (laughs) (laughs) yeah i should also say like it it wasn't just a skeleton they found on the side of the road like this dude like ran his truck into like a bus right and then it just caught a flame and he was fully human torch style oh, yeah engulfed in flames that's definitely like, what happened gotcha i i and then the book was just fine <laughs> so I, yeah I, it's a little it's a little suspicious i i thought it was that that was his powers like i thought he was actually like a skeleton 
Oh no! You, you no, <laughs> oh no, yeah, no that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's like I was. You saying, did not survive his powers then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, it's just like I was, I was saying the symmetry with the beginning. He's crawling from the, the wreckage. He's mm-hmm. on fire. Yeah. And, and then he also mentions the scissorman, which mm-hmm. uh, will be introduced more in the second issue. Yeah. Oh, man. So. I, it sucks, because every time they say the scissorman, I keep thinking of Clock Tower, the one video game where they have, like, a character that just has giant scissors it's just like the dorkiest game ever so i can't take the scissorman super seriously i i mean they're not to be taken super seriously either (laughs) well i mean they are they just have giant scissors yeah they seem like a pretty big problem (laughs) once you once you realize what they can do with those scissors i feel like it's a little bit more like oh that's not that's dangerous can't fix that. I, don't, I, I spent uh, a long time trying to figure out what it was that they were saying. <laughs> and, appa- and apparently they were just saying just random words. Like, they don't mean anything. Yeah. And that just, like, totally took everything out of them. <laughs> like, all the threatening. I was like, okay, I'm done with you. I don't know. I feel like if somebody is, mo- is like, yelling nonsense at me while running after me with a giant pair of scissors... <laughs> I feel like that's scarier than if they were just like yelling coherent sentences. <laughs> yeah, um, right. man. You know, so I, I kind of, I, I do, I was there at one point, Kayla, and I was like, wait, what are these guys saying? When I first read it, but on the second time, now I'm all like, man, did Grant Morrison make a secret code that the Scissor Men <laughs> are speaking? Like, I wouldn't put it past him entirely. <laughs> No, from what I found, it's it's possible. Yes, it is possible. <laughs> uh, like how how long did you work on these scripts, Grant? <laughs> so we start off um, the next issue with a priest, and he likes to walk around a dump, or yeah, that's that's what it is, right? Um, sure. Yeah. And he he wants to find inspiration for his sermons. Um, And so he finds a sign that says, Have faith in God. And then right then, magically, a fish flies down from the sky and hits the sign. Mm -hmm. And then um, basically more and more fish start coming down. Palace, salmon, trout but no cod. And I just thought that was so funny because cod rhymes with God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's also like part of the sign is covered up like on the G, so it's like have faith in cod, not in God. <laughs> uh, and then a refrigerator falls from the sky and kills him. Up until that point, I would have said cloudy with a chance of fish. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um. Uh, yeah, I guess, like, going back on this, like, that that opening scene doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with, like, what we learn about the Scissor Men. Yeah. It's like... Because they, they never do that again. Yeah. They never, like, <laughs> drop appliances on anybody. They don't make it rain fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea what that was about, but I thought it was just... Unless... Yeah, it could just be a part of, like, they talk about, like, a bunch of weird paranormal stuff happens throughout the world when the scissor men like come into the world 
So maybe uh, that's what it is. It's just yeah. an extension of that. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. But then, like, all the other, like, weird stuff they show us, like, seems to be directly related to a scissor man. <laughs> and I guess, like, yeah. Also, while, yeah, sorry, it doesn't make sense, really, except for that explanation, that um, that kind of event would happen. The mm-hmm. character, the, the priest, does get tangentially referenced later on. Oh, y'all have to that out. Yeah. I, I don't I'm it, not aware of that. Yeah, it was small, but um, it happens in this issue. Also, I must say, um, I I appreciate Niles called Niles Calder's beard, <laughs> beard and mustache. I like that style. It's <laughs> it's strong. I don't know. For me, it's a press. It's impressive in like an old timey general kind of way, <laughs> but like oh yeah, now it like even in like the late '80s to early '90s, like that. Can't have been fashionable. I don't believe it. Oh, man. If I could grow that beard, I would. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say that sometimes it gives him, like, I mean, in these these couple of, like, panels, it, he looks, like, very innocent, but in others, he looks very unhinged occasionally, <laughs> where I'm like, ooh, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this, this um, the starting point of this is um there's a doctor you know just at the um the hospital there is the chief and there's joshua clay and they're all talking about the state of larry trainer who at first he seemed to be so my understanding which i may be wrong is that he was like basically infected with the negative spirit and so he was negative man but also is like kind of like a little bit of a curse. Like he got to be a superhero, but also he didn't like get to live his life. He had to stay wrapped up in bandages, et cetera, et cetera. But then he was cured. The negative spirit left his body and then it came back. Mm-hmm. But it, not only did it come back, it was also awake. And so <laughs> it decided for unknown reasons to Larry or anybody else except for um, Grant Morrison. Okay, yeah, Grant Morrison <laughs> and and the spirit itself. Um, it combined with Larry Trainer and the doctor that was overseeing him, Eleanor Poole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so together, the three of them made the being Rebus. Uh, oh my god! I just, I just. So there's a panel where Rebus is sitting and. They've got their legs crossed, and they're sitting in front of a picture of Adam and Eve. And it just reminded me of the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good, yeah. yeah. There's that. There's also the fact that it's like a man, a woman, and then, like, the spirit talks about yeah. being light and darkness. And so there's, mm-hmm. like, a big sun that probably represents God, and then there's the apple that represents darkness. Yep. And I'm like, oh, they're there in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's very symbolic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, like, yeah, basically, like, I just, you know, especially with how, so in the in the TV show, um, Re- there, there's just Larry Trainer in the TV show, no Rebus, but there is the character Danny the Street. Um mm. And Danny the Street, I'm kind of upset that we didn't get to read more of Doom Patrol because I love Danny the Street, but I'll just summarize who uh, they are. Danny the Street is a genderqueer um, living street. 
Um, okay. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they can, whole thing. They can teleport. Um, hey, you know what? If the Inhumans can have a living door, the Doom Patrol <laughs> can have a living street. Yeah. So, um, but basically, in the TV show, like it, like the pronouns of Danny do not get brought up at all. You know, they're they're correct, and they're just always correct. And that was like really refreshing that it was like, you know, it's it doesn't have to be like a big deal. That it's like, ah, oh, use the right pronouns. It's not a he. It's not a she. It's they. And then like, but this one, it's like they they're like really just eating out that like uh like not calling rebus their name and like just like i'm in robot man being like hey you're still larry trainer i'm gonna still call you that yeah so it's just like Ugh. yeah eleanor's in there like what the heck <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no but see see what's interesting is that rebus was going to say like we or us mm-hmm. and then they were like uh i and after uh robot man was like i'm still gonna call you larry yeah which I, I think that that was more of a um, accommodation for mm. the people around them rather than how they would actually like to be addressed. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, literally, the, like, these three men are just being so, like, cruel, like, talking about um, Rebus. They're, like, this abomination. And I'm like, wow. They're so, like, <laughs> their minds are, like, so blown. <laughs> It's, like, really dumb how, like, crazy they're going over this, like, fusion. Yeah. Well, well, okay, so it's, like, part man and women. Like, I I would understand their confusion, especially during this time. I mean, but there's a thing, like, people what? are born intersex. That's a real thing. Well, <laughs> I mean, that statistical rarity. The, well, the whole thing, the thing is, okay, 1.7% of people are born intersex. But, mm. um... So it's like in the context of their world where there's people like Cliff who've like went through these like crazy transformation and then they're like, damn, this is crazy though. These three people became this. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's in there. Like, (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile, Jane's out there with what, six, 60 plus personalities and they're like, so yeah, this is fine. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was just, like, I was just shocked by that, um, and I, I'm surprised I wasn't more shocked, like, when I first read it, but, you know, I I was not as experienced, um, when I first read it, but yeah, it was just, mm-hmm. like, wow, just a bunch of e-bags. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can catch us on Mondays, 5 to 7 p.m. on KSUA 91.5 FM, The People's Radio. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Comic Panel, It's Comic Time. Or you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore comic underscore panel. Or like our Facebook page at It's Comic Time. Have a great rest of your day.